You're listening to Investify, preaching financial independence and assisting investors to achieve a more flexible and free lifestyle through smart financial planning and real estate investing. If leaving the corporate world and jumping into this thriving industry is what you desire, tune in and listen to stories of like-minded individuals who made the leap to financial independence. Welcome back to another Invest to Friday episode. It is your co-host, Ali Garced, doing a solo episode again. I hope, and actually, I was going to say, I hope that you've been enjoying these, but I got some feedback from you guys at BPCon for those that I saw, and it seems like you are enjoying these. So that's super helpful. But previous to going to BPCon, I really had no idea. And I'm looking at our reviews on Apple right now. We haven't had one in like months. So any reviews that you could give us, we are looking to improve. We are we also are looking for five stars. So if you can put this on a quick pause right now, go on Apple or Spotify, wherever you listen to this from, and please give us a review. We are looking for feedback, any specific topics that you would like us to cover or anybody that you would like us to interview when we do these episodes together please let us know. We're doing this for you. So we want this to be as beneficial as it can for you. Today's topic is going to be on my lessons learned from Bigger Pockets. It was my third time going. And it was, for those that don't know, it was in Orlando. Next year is going to be in Cancun, Mexico. It's always a lot of fun. Bigger Pockets, like I mentioned before in my previous episode of how to prepare for a conference, Bigger Pockets is a big one. A lot of people show up and you it's easy to feel lost in the sauce, but there's definitely a way for you to break it down into chunks and not be overwhelmed if you're an introvert. If you're an extrovert, that's this is the perfect place for you. Thanks to those that said hello and we took some photos. I loved it. And Craig had an amazing dinner. That was a lot of fun. And for those that will be going next year, let us know. Definitely let Craig know. But these are going to be some of my lessons learned. I will say, this is a huge caveat, I did not go to many breakout sessions because I think I mentioned this before in the previous podcast. When I go to BPCon, I'm there to network, which is majority of what I do when I go to conferences. A lot of the time, and I think especially with bigger pockets, that the content, the information of the breakout speakers, you can, they're helpful, really depending on what level you're at though. I would say a lot of it is like 101, maybe 102 level. So you can get majority of the content in a book or listening to podcasts, I think probably faster. So what you want to do at conferences, especially big ones like BPCon, you want to be there to meet people. So it was like, it was so cool meeting everyone there. So therefore, with that said, being that I didn't go to every single breakout and wasn't taking notes from breakouts, I was taking notes of what applied to me specifically in my business. And I think that a lot of this will also help you in yours. Starting from the Sunday actually had two paid sessions or more than two, a couple of paid sessions. But those that arrived on Saturday, most likely were going to one of the paid sessions on Sunday. Those had a lot of good information that I hadn't heard of before. So for example, Natalie Kalati, as well as Amanda Hahn did a combined CPA tax class. That was very in-depth. And Pace Morby also had a Sunday class that I was actually working his door because I was a volunteer for Bigger Pockets this year again. And so I walked in, I was like, yeah, this is some 
pretty good information. However, with that said, I don't have a lot of creative financing in my background. So everything there, I was like, oh, wow, this is good. This is good. It's, it's worth the money there, I think. The rest of the sessions, Monday and on, were just general price. The one price of the ticket, you were able to go to any of the other sessions. So with that said, I'm going to, I took some notes of the CPA stuff, but I don't even want to regurgitate that. I do not want to say anything incorrect. So if you have any questions, reach out to Amanda Hahn, reach out to Natalie Colotti. They're both amazing people, super easy to talk to and see if you would be a good fit. I know that they are, they're not taking everyone on, which I think is really good because a lot of CPAs will just grow super, super fast, maybe too fast, but reach out to them. So I'm going to skip over the tax stuff and I'm going to go straight into Pace Morby. So Pace Morby had two sessions. One again was that Sunday one, which was paid for, I think it was like an extra 300 bucks, I believe. And then he had an, another session, which was the general Gen Pop BPCon attendees. And of course, his thing is sub two. He is a creative financing like expert, right? Like he's so good, like very witty, thinking on his feet about how to make a deal work. He can make a deal work in any situation. He actually suggested that he buy my house. I was like, no, <laughs> I'm not in any pain pace. <laughs> but anyway, so he was talking about how a lot of people will incorrectly say that they are going to assume the loan. And there's a big difference between taking over the loan and assuming the loan. If you want more information, he actually is, he rolled out a, what do you call it? Like a, a mastermind group, I want to say, where you can have access to all of his recordings, his weekly, I think it's every week, he goes on and like answers like Q&A, like for anybody that wants to ask him a specific question. There's a lot that goes into his program. So he was selling tickets for that. And I think to purchase it by itself, like you individually would have been, I think about 11,000, a little bit, a little bit more than 11,000. But he said that you can partner with one or two others. So if creative financing is something that you're interested in, or just learning more about sub two, whether you're just an investor or an agent as well, might want to look into maybe splitting the cost of that 11K three ways to make it a little bit around 4K each, because it seems like you have access to a lot in that group from what I've seen. So that's Pace Morby. Next, the other biggest takeaway that I had was I was talking to a good friend of mine, Elizabeth Colgrove, who is, if you haven't heard of her, I'm pretty sure she's been on this podcast once, if not twice before. She's big into short-term rentals and they have quite a few short-term rentals. So she's a friend of mine. So I was like, man, Liz, my Airbnbs are just vacant. I, I do not have the time to manage them. First of all, I hate managing it. Therefore, I don't make the time to manage them. I'm just so focused on like my agent business, which I love. I'm like, hey, if I take another month's loss, I can just make it up on the commission side as an agent. So she's like, all right, here, this is what I'm good at. Give me your phone. So I give her my phone. She goes on the Airbnb app. I, man, she just switches some settings around. The very next day, I get a three-month long booking. I was at like one of the keynotes. I think it was during David Osborne. I screenshotted it. I texted it to her. And I was like, what kind of magic voodoo did you do? Because I just got a three-month booking. And she responds back so saying, I know I'm good at what I do. <laughs> so I asked her what she did. And we spoke about it too, a little bit beforehand too. But what this is a mistake that I was doing in my short-term rentals. My mistake was I was allowing two, I think it was a minimum of two night stays. But at that point, it's pretty much like a race to the bottom where there's only so much I can lower the nightly price 
in order for me to even break even because I I can chip some off of the the cleaning fee or I can allow pets, which I don't allow pets. And that's hence another vacancy reason, but I will not allow pets that I'm not uh, flexing on. And but what she did is she's a bigger proponent of changing it instead of a two night minimum. She suggests doing 20, 25, 30 night minimums and therefore reducing you're able to reduce the price even more per night, right? So it works out for you because you have a longer guest staying in and it works out for them because they get a better deal. So my pain point was just the vacancies. She was like, hey, it was very clear, like I'm not profiting these last couple of months. Again, Airbnb in Arizona took a 50% decrease in occupancy. That's five zero, not one five, five zero. Bigger pockets actually, their Instagram posted something about the Brian, I think his his last name is Chesky, something like that, the CEO of of Airbnb saying that they admitted that something is going on the behind the scenes algorithm or something with the Airbnb platform, which has caused the Airbnbs to take a dump. It was interesting when I was talking to other investors throughout the country that have their properties as short-term rentals on Airbnb, some of them didn't see a difference. And I wonder if that's because they use a pricing strategy or a pricing program like Price Labs, or there are plenty of others that automatically change the prices for you. I don't, or I purchased Price Labs, or no, I purchased something else. And it was that was such a steep learning curve. I was like, I don't want to make time for this. <laughs> I'm looking at the Bigger Pockets post right now. They posted this October 19th, and they said their Airbnb CEO, Brian Chesky, said that the platform is fundamentally flawed and must work to improve its offerings. Some offerings include platform adjustments, while others demand that hosts begin lowering their fees and offering more experiences and more. And so, of course, the comments are like, hey, why should hosts have to lower their fees? Why can't Airbnb lower theirs? Which it is what it is. And that is why a lot of people early on always said never bank on one platform. Never put all of your eggs in one basket. Also put your, if you have short-term rentals, put them on Verbo, put them on military by owner if you're military, put them on just, or make, create your own website. So in that way you have ownership over your marketing. But this just goes to show that Airbnb throughout, but especially in Arizona, has taken a toll. The CEO himself even admitted it. So if you were struggling, this might be a good, something to try out where instead of doing two, three, or even one night minimums, maybe perhaps try changing it to 20, 25, 30 night minimums and therefore reducing the price. For example, mine was like $79 a night. I reduced that to $49 a night. I would rather, even if I'm not coming out profitable month after month, I would rather only have to pay an additional 400 bucks to to hold the property month after month than I would not having any guests in there at all and paying the $1,800 worth of the mortgage before any other expenses. So knowing that's a specific situation that I'm in, I'm okay. Like I, I think long-term, right? Like I'm not going to sell a property just because I have a couple of months vacancies. That property has doubled in appreciation. A lot of my properties have over the last couple of years. So there's no way, there would be no reason for us to sell. Like we're thinking long, long term. But during this period where Airbnb and short-term rentals have taken a little bit a little bit of a hit, a little bit, 50% decrease, either try that, maybe 30 night stays and slash the original nightly price of what you have, slash that in half. That way you're not, you know, 
bleeding too bad. You're only bleeding a little bit. Again, because you're thinking about the long term of appreciation. That it that of course that's if you have a property in an appreciating market and with appreciation comes that whole other can of worms of can we actually bank on that? It should just be icing on the cake. Totally get that. Who knows what the market is going to do? Anybody that says that they know, of course, uh, they don't. So that was another, that was a huge help. And I'm really glad I went to BBCon knowing that she's my friend, right? That's like the power of these conferences. Like I could talk to her at any time, but having that in-person connection makes the world of a difference. I was able to give her my phone and she was able to do her magic. So thanks, Liz. I definitely want to have you on the podcast to talk further about that because that's just like a drop in the bucket as far as what she knows related to short-term rentals and how she makes it work. Another thing is I know that uh, a lot of owners, especially of short-term or mid-term rentals, have sometimes not the best guess. We'll put it that way. I was talking to James from Rethink the Rat Race on Instagram. And he has a really good a method of getting reviews. The way that I had been doing it was I have an Airbnb book, like a hardcover book with like on the outside of the hardcover book is the photo of the property. The inside is all about the restaurants nearby, activities to do nearby. Thanks for coming. And throughout there is like a little like subtle hints of five stars, five stars, five stars. That's just like one example, right? And then of course, upon check-in, we hope you have a five-star stay. Some people think that's like a little bit too much. I don't, whatever, I still have it. What he does is at the end of their stay, and and I'm gonna read this verbatim. At the end of their stay, he, he reviews them. He reviews the guests before the guests even review the host. And what he says is, thank you again for your stay, exclamation point. We hope you enjoyed your time at our place. I also wanted to say thank you for leaving the place so clean. And again, this is before the guest has even maybe realized he might not even know that the place is clean yet. I just left you a five-star review for your stay. Please keep us in mind if you're ever in need of another stay in the area. Thanks again for being a great guest. And this is something I had worded mine somewhat similar, but I never said, hey, I already reviewed you five stars. I was always too nervous to do that. I'm like, hey, what if they weren't a five-star guest? Like just because they didn't complain doesn't mean they didn't trash the house. So I had personally always wanted to make sure by the cleaner because I would have I have my cleaner take photos before and after every stay. So I always ask the cleaner, hey, was this a five-star guest? And she's the one who makes the calls. She's, hey, no, this was four-star. Or, hey, no, this was like whatever it is. I trust her. And plus, she sends photos too. So that's what I would do. And at that point, that's when I would review the guest. But James does it the opposite. Rethink the rat race does it the opposite. And I found that so interesting. And I'm going to, so I'm going to start implementing that myself. If I feel like the guest was not one of those very picky, needy, complainer, complaining people, I'm going to go ahead and do that. Thank you, Rethink the Rat Race, for that idea. So those were my lessons learned from BPCon. I'm going to implement them. I already started implementing them. And I hope that they helped you. If not, please let us know. Uh, Again, we're doing this for you. So go on Apple and give us some topics. Of course, first, give us a five-star review. And then say, hey, I'd love to learn more about XYZ topic, whatever it is. We want to hear from you. And we did actually hear from one person that told us that they thought maybe our little jingle of final four was a little bit extra, a little bit just unnecessary. So thank you so much for letting us know that. 
I'm going to talk to Craig. I haven't spoken to Craig about it yet, but maybe we can delete it because, hey, if you're not into it, again, this is for you. Give us a five-star review. Follow us on the gram. We are the Fi Guy and Allie the Agent. And that's it. See you next Friday. That's it for this episode of Investify. We hope that these nuggets of real estate wisdom lead to more savvy financial planning and a clearer path towards financial freedom. For more content like this, subscribe to the show at investify.com. Don't forget to leave a rating and share it with your friends. Together, we can transform more real estate newbies into successful and clever investors. Thank you so much for listening. See you on the next one.